Episode 71 of Three Songs Podcast. It's May 9th, 2018. Mike Hogan here with Bob Nastanovich. How you doing, Bob? Well, I think you and your son were really on to something there. You think? Yeah, I really like that. Yeah? <laughs> he, he has fun. And as Teddy, you know, as Teddy gets more musical you know, through the next few years, which he will do because he's already shown interest in playing, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's definitely more He's musically inclined. Right, May, probably more so than I am. That's for sure. And me as well. <laughs> well, I mean, like when I was a kid, like the people that played music, they were like studying it and like really intensely. Right. You know, it was like it was like a task. Right. You know what I mean? So yes. it's like, yes. You know, it was almost like you you got labeled. Oh, like he plays acoustic guitar, or she plays the violin. You know, or like. Right. But she's a really good singer, you know, like now it's just like every, of course, like we all bashed on things. We had the same toys, you know, we bashed on bells and stuff. There's triangles and sand blocks and all that kind of stuff. But like, you know what I'm saying? Well, I would say that was for me, at least one of the things that was kind of freeing about punk rock, because growing up as a kid, it was always like that, you know. I knew kids that were like, "Oh, I can't play. I got to go practice my music." And you piano, know, I, like, did you ever take piano? No, lessons? I didn't. I didn't. I took guitar lessons for like two minutes um, and was no yeah. good. And it was like, "Oh, this is work," you know. Um, I just wanted to play, and so, uh, so then, you know, I thought music was something you had to study and learn to do, and took years, and you had to read notes, and you had to do all that sort of stuff, and so it was. It was a huge obstacle for me, and so I never really went there. And then, you know, the whole do-it-yourself, do punk rock, uh, like that really changed everything for me. Um, I grew up in Richmond, and there was a woman my age, maybe a year older, a girl back then, of course. Her name was Rena Zeev, and like she was like a genius violin player the best speller in Chesterfield County and got like 1600 on her SATs as a high school student. Right. So it's like, <laughs> wow. And then like when I started playing piano, I remember that my piano teacher would pinch my fingers. Really? And, Cause like she would get so annoyed about how, how badly I played even like, you know, the easiest of, of all songs. And then when I was in seventh grade, I, I played drums in the marching band and the drum instructor was a guy named Mr. Fink and he would get, do the same thing with my hands. He'd grab my hands really hard. So I was like, I'm not going to ever play music. I love music. I like to listen to it, but I'm never going to play it. Right. right. It's amazing how those, those kinds of things were just like huge, huge, uh, like discouraging Items. I don't know. I don't even formative. Formative. formative you know. Yeah, formative in a really negative way for a lot of people. And I was kind of this, you know, same way. I mean, it wasn't like like for me, 
my brother. Oh, we'll, we'll 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 get in we'll get into this in a future show. We got some music to play. We're gonna do something new tonight, right, Bob? Yeah, the new theme, the focal point theme. Yeah, or the spotlight, or I don't yeah, the, know the spotlight. Any I don't of those like fancy like seventies, eighties radio terms. I don't even know what we're calling it, but. Yeah, it's three songs podcast. We each you bring three songs, I bring three songs, but we're we're doing it with a twist. One of my three Whoa. artists, episode seventy one, man. I'm bringing three songs for that artist, and then I'm bringing a couple other Whoa. songs. So so yeah, we're, we're gonna we're gonna try something out because I I kind of felt like uh, I wanted to play a little Rocky Erickson, and I felt like I couldn't just play one. So I'm gonna right. I, I'm yeah, gonna, so spin a bunch. Spin I'm a gonna bunch. bring three. I'm gonna start it with. Uh, Let's start it with a cover. Of course, he was in 13th Floor Elevators. This is from their Taking night. us to Texas, man. Taking us Austin. to Austin, Aust- Texas. Austin oh, yeah. Way. As Austin as it gets. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with, um, I'm not going to go with one of their big hits. Uh, although this, you know, I think this did well enough for them. This was a cover. Uh, a cover, of course, of a famous Bob Dylan song. But I oh, love their I think their they version. were too messed up to care about success. No, they. But they were still relatively successful for what you know for the time and what they what they were. Because they were so freaky. They were. Um, yeah, this is the mono version from Easter Everywhere, their second record from 1967. Their version of Bob Dylan's "It's All Over Now, Baby Blue."
Psychedelic Rock, Bob. One of the first bands to ever call themselves psychedelic. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. I thought that was very traditionalist of them. That, that song, that song in particular, that cover version. It's um, 67. I, thought, I think they must have thought, like, we've got a really good thing going on here. And then they decided, like, well, basically, I think they were, like, probably smoking a lot of pot. And then they kicked it into some sort of crazy high gear, and, right? And, and LSD, taking a lot of LSD. I a mean, lot of, that's what I'm saying, kick it into high gear. They, you know, and, and part of the reason why I played that song, I mean, I think they're known, 13th Floor Elevators especially, and, and even some of the Rocky solo stuff, they're known for their weirdness. They're known for their over-the-top, like, rock blowouts. But that's just a beautiful song. That's Who's the, the dude that played the jug? Uh, Tommy Hall. Tom, that's a signature move. Tommy gosh, Hall, guy, yeah. You know, Tommy Hall, like, I really adore his style because he kind of just got up there and did the same thing every song, didn't he? At various volumes and various <laughs> tempos, right? Yeah, there's, there's a myth. I don't know if it's true or not, but supposedly the tone of his jug was dependent on how much uh, marijuana he had stored in it. Um, okay, yeah, I'm sure that's a true story. <laughs> it's, and anyways, go ahead with the next one. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll play three and then we'll, we'll, we'll dive into yours. So, I, you know, I wanted, to, I wanted to highlight some of his... Uh, songs that maybe are kind of the mellower side, the mellower side of Rocky. So here's another one for that same album. This one's called I Had to Tell You. Some call him Rocky. Some call him Rocky. Chaos all around me With its fever clinging But I can hear you singing In the corners of my brain sound of riot Everything is quiet But the song that keeps me sane I can hear your voice Echoing my voice softly I can feel your strength Reinforcing mine
You know that one, Bob? No, I think you've proven your point, though, about uh, Rocky's mellow side. <laughs> it's you... not how I think of him, you know. Right, right, right. I mean, he's he's a good songwriter. He's a good singer. Yeah. Uh, well, he's, you know, he's he's still going. He is. He's pl- he, he, he would have done a tour last fall for sure. He's seventy. He's he's touring this summer or fall, I think. Uh, Might as well. And, Might as well. You know, I mean, so he, he, you you've seen the documentary about him, right? You're gonna miss me. No, I've never seen that. Oh man, it's fantastic. I think I actually yeah. have. I, I I I'll tell you a story. I actually have two copies because. The guy who made it is a guy named Kevin McAllister. Um, Kevin. The buddy of yours? What's that? Is a buddy of yours? No, not exactly. But he. Um, so I put out one of the records I put out was a duo record between uh, Nels Klein and Thurston Moore. And uh, Kevin McAllister. Is it. Boy, is it raining there? No, oh, chucking it down. I was going to yeah, say. I, I, at first, I, th- I thought. Uh, I was like. Boy, did, did I forget to take the record up? And it's uh, it's 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 no. Uh, Rocky brought the rain. Yeah. Um, in fact, and, I'll probably move it in during the next song. Anyway, Ke- Kevin McAllister was a big fan of of the record that I put out um, called Pillow On by Thurston Nels, and he was doing a documentary, a very short documentary about the guy who invented the taser, and um, oh. and thought that the music for the documentary would be perfect or thought that pillow a song from pillow wand would be perfect for the music uh for the documentary and so he reached out and um you know i asked nels nels said a problem and uh and, and kevin sent me a couple copies of that and sent me a couple copies of, of you're gonna miss me uh, so. well i mean you're very polite I, I i would not have asked i just would have gone ahead and done it you know without even asking <laughs> Well, you know what I mean? Yeah, you so. know. Yeah, but uh, and and very I've actually polite, looked. Very of you, Mike. The the Ke- Kevin's documentary about the guy who invented the taser. Um, I think I can't remember even the name of it. Of course, um, it was it's called like seven seven minus two or something like that. I, I, Tasologist. No, Tazeologist. no, it, it's a very interesting. It's a very sh- it's a short film, and it's it's a very interesting documentary about this guy who thought that his invention of the taser would end crime and end killing because you would people wouldn't cops wouldn't need guns anymore and it, it, it ended up kind of doing the opposite and ended up becoming this uh you know like additional weapon and so just sort of his disillusionment with what he thought he was going to be doing and what he ended up doing it was it's a anyway, very interesting worthwhile documentary but the other connection to it is that album pillow wand has a song called tommy hall dragnet which is about of course the electric jug player of 13th floor elevators tommy hall who tommy 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 and and stacy sutherland who was the guitarist for the elevators and rocky you know they were all since they were so outspoken about using drugs and they were living in the 60s in texas they were targeted by the cops and uh they were all arrested and stacy sutherland went to jail and rocky pleaded insanity and went to an insane in- asylum and you know it's like 
Always a good move. Always yeah, good move. no. So it, it's it's Rocky's story is a very sad one. It's an interesting one. I mean, I think the happy ending to it is that he's seemingly doing well and touring, and um, you should go see him if he comes to your town. There you go. Uh, so maybe I'll play one more Rocky. And then uh, and that's then, the plan. That's the and plan. And then we'll pivot to you. So there's another mellow, mellowish one. This one's called Anthem. I promise. And uh, I I picked it partly because I like it, but partly because, um, strangely enough, there's a reference to May 9th in it, which is no, okay, good. today's day. Fire away. So Fire away. Go.
that's from 1986. From <laughs> some some interesting lyrics there. That's from an album called Gremlins Have Pictures. Uh, I think he mentions Satan and Lucifer and May 9th, and he mentions uh, one of my favorite lines. Lucifer, Queen of Witches. Yeah, <laughs> Lucifer, Queen of Witches. One of my favorite lines is, did you pick up on the square root of zero is something less than zero? <laughs> okay, Rocky. I missed that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but but uh, well, we all love we all love the good jib. We all love all love the good gibberish. A f- a f- yeah, as as someone who's uh, in a he band. was having an amazing realization, so he wrote it down and saved it. He did. He did. It's, it's like thinking about math. Was um. So I got to ask, was, you know, Malkmus or Spiral Stairs or either of them influenced by Rocky and the elevators or? I wouldn't have a clue. No clue? I mean, with the gibberish lyrics and some of the... I imagine that Malkmus definitely was. Yeah, I would think. I'd be surprised if, if, if he wasn't. Well, I listen to you know he's a he's a big time listener. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So who knows? You know, he's listening to ten times the music I have. Okay. Well, like I said, get him on the show, man. Well, I mean, you gotta fire me first. He's going on tour with the Jicks here shortly. Uh, he's doing a press junket these days. So. Uh, no, I won't. You're not. You're not. You're not gonna be fired, man. Well, I mean, if Malchus takes over, yeah. I mean, it's like. <laughs> get him to do one show. Who knows? But anyways, <laughs> I'm gonna take us to Jamaica, man, because like it's summertime, right? That's right. Well, kind of. It sounds like it was raining pretty heavily in your uh, neck of the woods. Well, that's summertime here. <laughs> 72 and raining on a back porch. That's a beautiful night. Yeah. Hopefully that track will be sloppy tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Speed favoring, right? Well, no. It's just like I want to have to clock much. Uh, I hear you. I hear you. You know but what it... I mean? Rather just sit there and like, you know, bet on Chester. But that's all, all beside the point. Okay. Um, going to take us to Jamaica and play a reggae song that was recorded in 77. Uh, it, was a, it was a absolute chart topper in England in 78, and it's kind of a one-hit wonder band. They had you know, a handful of great songs. They only existed for a few years, Althea and Donna. And this is their most famous song, Uptown, Top Ranking. Check say we come from Cosmo Spring, but the truth and I know and think. 
Althea and really, Donna. yeah, yeah. So it's got. Oh, a you good... know, it's a kind of it's Althea, and, Althea Force and Donna Reed. It's got and, a good um, groove. You know, the crazy thing about it was um, John Peel, who we've, we've mentioned several times, the BBC Radio One DJ John Peel, sure, okay, a legend. Yeah, he played it by accident on his show. He played it by accident. He was like sifting through tapes and he was trying to find a song, and he played it by absolute accident, and then like. The request kept streaming in, and and I believe Althea was seventeen and Donna was eighteen when they made it, and they weren't even thinking; they were just like recording, you know. The youngest female duo, duo to ever reach number one on the UK chart. Wow! By accident. <laughs> Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good, right, Bob? No, oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Just about every day, Mike. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Uh, well, I like that. I, I'll have of to. Of course, I'm more average than lucky. Yeah, it's okay. You're... I like to be both. But you, uh, come on, sense. man. You, you, you will be the first one to say you have no musical talent. Yet you were in two of the best bands of the '90s. I'm just I'd talking say, from a gambling. perspective. I'd say you're pretty lucky. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm talking from a gambling perspective. Oh, okay. okay. Either Sorry. way, I'd say you're pretty lucky, man. All right. Okay, I'll take that. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to go to the uh, to Scotland. Okay, Scotland. the Scotland. The, the Scotland. Scotland. I was going to say the United Kingdom, but I, I decided to be even more specific. Are you, are you familiar with Ibn Brew? No. What's Ibn Brew? Oh, it's a really famous Scottish soft drink. It's purely Scottish. I-B-M-B-R-U. Right? Okay. And, like, apparently when spilled, it's... 
incredibly difficult to remove from carpets. Mm. Right. So our president, right, has now at his Turnberry golf course completely banned Ibn Brew. Okay. Because it stains the carpets. All right. Well, so I mean, in addition to like you know other horrible things, you you don't ban like a huge point of Scottish pride from anywhere. Ibn Brew would be like banning Coca Cola. Fair, fair enough. Um, I think the the less said about that guy, the be- the better. And uh, speaking of points of Scottish pride, I'm going to play the scrotum poles. Oh, okay, yeah, scrotum poles. Scrotum poles, right? Everybody knows the Scrotum Poles. The Scrotum Poles released one EP, a five-song, seven-inch. It was self-released. Um, it was self-released on their own one-tone, not, you know, kind of a play, not two-tone records, but one-tone records. The uh, Do you know what the label matrix number was? No. It was Erect One, okay? No, I, I bet it was, The, yep. the Scrotum Poles, of course. You know, and you talk about a band who I think was, uh, by by their name, I think limited in terms of the commercial success they were likely to have. <laughs> perhaps, Mike, perhaps. <laughs> perhaps. You know. um, yeah. However, I, I I'll play this song. This one's called Helicopter Honeymoon. It's it's one of the five songs off their self-released Revelation EP. What um, year are we talking? Nineteen eighty, and and I would okay. I would venture to say at least. This is the way I felt when I first heard it. This was this is not the kind of thing you'd expect to hear from a band called the Scrotum Poles. Um, okay. So enjoy it. Helicopter honeymoon, Bob. Scrotum poles. Well, I imagine that was, you know, very DIY, right? Oh, I'm sure. Had to be. But, you know, to me, that almost sounds like the kinks. That's like a DIY, like, shambolic Scottish version of 
I don't know, like a mid-60s mod fun romp song. I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's great. I really enjoyed the bass sound as well. It, it, you know, I mean, like, when I first heard, oh, you know, there's a band called the Scrotum Poles, I thought it was going to be, you know, like, sub-Neanderthal punk rock. Uh, but I, lo- I, I, I really kind of love that song. Well, what's not to love? That's right. I'll, I'll, I'll ship this, like, 200 miles south. Okay. Right? Same era. Yeah. Extreme level of DIY here. I believe this is recorded in, in Dalston, in London. Desperate Bicycles, right? Wonderful band. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they only existed for a couple of years like scrotum poles. <laughs> they listened probably longer the, than scrotum poles. I don't think. Their singer, their singer was six foot eight. Wow. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. And he's got an amazing quote. Uh, in October of 78, vocalist Danny Wigley expressed the motivation driving the Desperate Bicycles' independent stance. Quote, The biggest hurdle is just believing you've still got some control over your life. That you can go out and do it. Which sounds rather vague. Mm-hmm. That's a good quote. This is Smokescreen. A gentleman asked uh, me... Uh, to figure out a way to cover this song, and I'm, I'd like to listen to it on the show to, you know, maybe that'll help me figure out a way. Okay. It's way over my head. Okay. Way over, it's, it's a, a smokescreen by Desperate Bicycles, 1977. Right. We'll work something up, but yeah, they're a good band. Let's hear it. One, two, one, two three, four. Bring your good news on a fast train. Bring your fast news on a good train. cover right now bob sure it was easy and cheap let's go and do it (laughs) 
know what I, I mean? I think you could. I think you could do it. I mean, so the desperate bicycles. I mean, they were around around the same time, and to me, I think of them. Well, we need to print out of the lyrics. I think of I think of them similar to swell maps. Um, yeah, similar sort of vibe. Yeah, for sure. But you know, I mean, it's you know the chorus is bringing good news on a fast train, and and to me that song hinges on the percussion and so we get a bunch of clangy percussion you know maybe like like uh you know two metal bowls clanging together you know and you just keep <laughs> okay. the, keep the beat keep the rhythm you get some some interesting kind of percussion going and we're gonna uh, need jack we're gonna need jack we'll need a jack i'm telling you man jack is he is the secret weapon yeah, we need Basically, Jack. Is he in town? Is he in? Is he in Queens? No, no, no. Jack's in Portland. But um, oh, how the hell are we going to get together? Come on, now. it's uh, you know, it's 2018. It's digital. Oh yeah, we can do it all. We can do it all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, what, and, so here, what are you going to play next? Enough about this. What track. I'll do is I'll tell Jack. Okay, lay down a track, and then we'll add to it. And um, Jack will probably do 95 percent of it, and then we can do something on top. Um, well, no. If we're, if we're actually good, we'll only do 88 <laughs> percent. That's true. Because well, just... I can guarantee, like, if you want some ramshackling percussion to that, I can, you know, two minutes. I can keep that pace for two minutes. Sure. Yeah. Fire away. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to play, I'm going to play some jazz. We've played a little jazz on the show. We haven't played enough jazz, in my opinion. Um, and this is an album that, uh, you know, if you want to buy the original, it'll set you back a few hundred bucks, but it's been reissued. And it's it's kind of a, a a free jazz classic from 1974 uh, on the Strata East label, Clifford Jordan Quartet. Uh, the album's called ja- uh, Glass Bead Games. This is actually the title track of that record. Uh, it's just a really 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 good record, and um, uh, I hope you'll enjoy it. So we'll we'll play it and then we'll talk. Cool. Mm-hmm. 
Clifford Jordan on tenor sax. Yeah, formidable, formidable big city jazz there. Yeah, big city jazz. That's big city jazz for sure. The jazz quartet. Jazz tenor sax, right? Jazz tenor sax uh, on drums. Billy Higgins. The piano was uh, Cedar Walton, and bass by Mr. Sam Jones. So, uh, just a very, very good record. Uh, that's one that from start to finish, put it on and just feels good. Have you ever attended a modern dance class? No. Do you know how to creatively express yourself through the art form of dance? Not really. Yeah. Can you imagine like, you know, like opening day of your modern jazz class and they put that on, like asked you to dance to it, like on the stage solo? Uh, no. Not That'd really. be so weird. It'd be so weird. <laughs> so anyways, uh, let's keep it on the same theme. Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark, 1980, <laughs> OMD, right? Yeah. Band that's like famous for like many of your like late 70s, oh, early 80s hits. Yeah. And, yeah. Later than this, I think. Oh, yeah. No, this is like one of their weirdest songs. This is off their first record, which is self-titled, mm-hmm. and it's called Dancing.
Yeah, definitely not what most people think of when they think of orchestral maneuvers in the dark. Well, I'd rather dance to that than Clifford Jordan. Oh, really? I think I could do moves to that. Well, you know what I mean? I would never have a chance for that Clifford Jordan. Oh, that's okay. But anyways, I decided to keep it on the Mercy side, you know, the Rudy. Yeah. You know, the Rudy. Chester, right? Classic. Oldest race course is still going in the world. Peter Saville designed sleeve from that record. Quick question. Who's the best race horse in the world? Right now? Yeah, right now. Oh, man. Uh, I don't know. Well, she's on the shelf. She's on the shelf. Uh, are you talking about that one down under? No, Enable's the best horse okay. in the world. Okay. Come well, on. Come you on. Prob- you're probably right. I don't know. A lot of people she kicked off her season wins. last year in the Cheshire Oaks, you know, and she ran a marvelous race. Yeah. It was won today by by a filly that will not go anywhere near the, the heights that she's gone. She's, oof. Anyways, besides, <laughs> beside the point. They're racing on the Rudy tomorrow. They're racing on the Rudy. That's great. That's the great. only racetrack that you can, like, walk along the sidewalk and look, look over the city wall and watch a race. I love it. And it's circular. The course is circular. It's rare in the UK. It's a US. It's the thing. oldest. It's the oldest yeah. one. No, it's a circle. It's oh, a complete it's a circle. circle. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I'll send you a picture of the um, of the aerial shot. But anyways, okay. I hate to end the show talking about racing. That's okay. Maybe maybe should should I bring us home with um, some more Rocky in the elevators? Yeah, bring us a jug song for God's sakes. Okay, I'll I'll do play it. Something signature, you know. Tommy play Hall on us out. Tommy Hall and the Electric Jug. This is the song they're known for. This is you're gonna miss me. Yeah, uh, play the classic. Play the hit. There you we go. All know we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll 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 end it on a high note. It's been no, a fun they, one. They've all been high notes to me. But... Yeah. Well, good. No, yeah. I mean, talk to you soon. Talk yeah. to you soon. All right. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Mike. Rocky Erickson, 13th Floor Elevators, the mono version now. You're going to miss me from their debut from 1966. Monoral. Monoral. Yeah. Monoral. Here you go. Have fun.
I'll miss you, Bob. Peace to the people. Peace to the people yeah. in the Northeast. Peace to the people in the Northeast. Peace to the people in Des Moines. Until next Thank time. Thank you, my man. Yeah. All right.